Hey everybody, this is Chelsea Schaefer and Caitlin Gustav, and this is The Score, the official podcast of the sport of team roping. This is the Team Roping Journal's semi-weekly podcast, highlighting the team roping industry's top talents and influencers through stories that inspire and connect ropers. We sit down with ropers from the professional ranks, as well as industry icons and producers to delve into topics that make the team roping world tick. This is season two. It will feature even deeper interviews, storytelling, and issue-based coverage, and we are so excited you're here. Aaron Lucero, who works for the World Series of Team Roping and the USTRC as the Director of Customer Service and Digital Integration, might just be everyone's favorite smiling face at the country's biggest ropings. His voice has echoed the history of team roping over the last two decades, and he's been a part of Roper's biggest moments, from the U.S. Finals to the BFI to the George Strait. But this guy is far from just an association figurehead and announcer. His background is as diverse as the sport itself, and he's even got an IMDB profile for his acting cred. That is where we'll kick off this interview as we jump right into his movie credits before we ever talk team roping. This episode is brought to you by Neutrina Feed and their line of safe choice products. Stay tuned to learn more about this line of feed in the middle of the episode. Were you in the movie Pretty Little Horses or something like that? <laughs> that true? that 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 was uh, that was the R-rated one. Uh, this one was All the Pretty Horses. All the Pretty Horses. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I so when I was like, what am I going to ask Farron? I, I I googled you. And I was like, surely that's a different Farron Lucero. <laughs> no, I was 18 years old. And I was dating a girl in high school, uh, high school, little sweet, high school sweethearts is what we were. And her granddad, we were eating at her house one day and her granddad says, hey, they need some Hispanic riders. So I drove. My dad had this awesome head horse. His name was Chivo. And he was a mm-hmm. solid horse. And I mean, he'd make anybody look like they knew what they were doing. And I go to Santa Fe and they give us all a riding test. And the head wrangler, he's out of Montana, Mike Hendricks was his name. And he tells me, all right, ride your horse up, up the arena, uh, do trot in three circles, tr- uh, stop, trot back, and bring your horse to a stop. So I was 17, 18 years old, and I go up the fence, I go to make three circles, and then I make this horse spin. And then I trot and hit a hit a lope, and I get to Mike Hendricks, and he's this big mountain of a man. He's out of Montana, and I just hit the brakes on this horse, and this horse slides. Well, this producer from Los Angeles, his name was Jim, and Jim had the total uh, city urban look, you know. But he had one of those straw hats that looked like he got from the state fair with a feather in the middle of it, you know, just trying to dress the part. Good good guy. Ended up meeting him. And uh, he jumps out of the way and jumps on the ground. He's on the ground laying down. And I look at Mike and I says, is that enough? And he says, smart ass. And I just kept, I just kind of laughed and walked, walked my horse out thinking, ah, whatever. Well, I was working at a grocery store there in Clayton, New Mexico. And my dad comes in and I was stocking the shelves. And uh, he says, hey, you got a phone call from the casting agency. Do you want to go to San Antonio? for this movie, all the pretty horses. So I said, yeah, heck yeah. I'd never flown, never did anything. I drove to Amarillo, which is two hours away from Clayton, <laughs> got me a room 
and because I didn't want to be late to the airport. I locked my keys in the truck that morning, had to pry my door open. It was bent. Almost missed the plane. <laughs> I get to San Antonio. Never flew in my life. Nobody was there to help me. Was, everything I've done, Chelsea's been freaking figure it out. You know, <laughs> trial by fire has not been easy. And uh, I get to San Antonio, and they take us to Lotus, Texas, and it's the most beautiful ranch I've ever seen. And they throw all the extras, all the us guys. They're like, "All right, you, you, you." They pick me out. You're a federale. And uh, so go get changed. So they throw us in this community tent. Well, the girls were in the community tent first. And there's nothing but dirt on the ground, whatever. And they're changing. So the girls get done changing. And they're like, all right, guys, you're up. So we go change. Well, there's a part in the movie where we go get Matt Damon's character and push him out of this barn. And they pick the two tallest guys that were taller than Matt Damon. Well, it was me and this other guy from Santa Fe. So we're pushing him out, and Billy Bob Thornton, the uh, the director, you know, the guy from Sling Blade, mm-hmm. he says, uh, look, this doesn't look right. Do you guys know how to speak Spanish? I was like, absolutely, and I don't. That's unfortunate. My, my Both my parents speak Spanish. My mom's second language is English, and they never taught us kids Spanish. But he says, I need you to cuss at him in Spanish. I said, oh, I got this. So... <laughs> we're pushing them out and we're, we get this speaking part. Well, a speaking part in the movie business is, is like the crown jewel. I didn't know what the heck I got into, but I was SAG eligible for the screen actors guilds, which um, once you get that speaking part, if you ever do it, uh, they have to pay you more. So I was making $150 a day as an extra. Mm-hmm. And when I got this speaking part, it jumped me to two grand a week and I would only work like one or two days and they pay me two grand. I never. Yes, it was the coolest experience ever. And we were so we filmed there in San Antonio and then we had to film in Santa Fe out on the outskirts of Santa Fe. And there's a screen. They have um, a Thomas. Uh, well, uh, Henry Thomas, he was a kid from E.T. And uh, Matt Damon's character were doing something. Well, anyway, we're just out there. I'm pretending to smoke a cigarette and in my federality costume and Billy Bob Thornton after the shot says, Hey, Farron, whatever you did, were thinking about was, was perfect. And after that, I had all these people around me call me Farron, this or that. And they flew me back to Texas Holy cow. A, and I had a dressing room with a star on it <laughs> and had my name. And I was more impressed that they had my name spelled right. <laughs> so that was in 1999 as my senior year well the movie was supposed to come out but it's four hours long and they had to edit it down and it would come from a book uh the author is cormac mccarthy and he's based out of el paso texas and the book is very he writes very dark and he's got such a control of the english language and his vocabulary that when i read the book the book's amazing but it's very deep and it's very dark so they uh, so what Billy Bob was trying to do is really tell the story. And it was four hours long and they had to cut it down to a more manageable time where people would buy tickets. So I think it's like two hours and something minutes. And anyway, uh, I get to college. So I graduated in 99 high school, get to college in the spring of 01. They released the movie and Eastern New Mexico University had movie nights. Well, they were showing two movies 
And everybody had heard of this kid from Clayton that was in this movie. And it was standing room only to, <laughs> for, for this movie, this free movie. And everybody sat there and watched it. I, used, I literally had my 15 seconds of fame on the film. But everybody sat there. And when it said Federales, man, Farron Lucero Jr., this whole theater just erupts. <laughs> and I'm like, who are all these people? <laughs> all I know awesome. 10 of them. It you was so cool. You weren't hooked on it then? Like you Oh. I, I, I looked at your you have an IMDB profile and I do. It <laughs> it's crazy. That all the pretty horses is your only film. Did you do more? I did. I got oh, I I was such a rural kid that did not know any better. I get on this other movie set. It's called Waking Up in Reno and it had Patrick Swayze, it had Billy Bob Thornton, Charlize Theron, and um Oh, I can't remember the other actress's name. And the whole the whole production crew that did all the pretty horses, from the guy that was taking care of the extras to the people that did the makeup, the costumes, everything, were doing this movie uh, in Waking Up in Reno, and it was in Amarillo, Texas. <laughs> I get on the movie set, and we're sitting there, and all the producers, all the money that helps produce these movies were there in the shadows. Well, I'm standing there, Chelsea, and up walks Charlize Theron to me mm-hmm. i mean i'm like i'm i like i don't even know who she is and I'm, <laughs> she's beautiful but i'm like whatever and so she comes up to me and she says it's sure sure cold out there tonight isn't it and it was it was snowing and everything i mean we're in the building i said yeah it's gonna be a, a late night well kenny was one of the guys that was in charge of all the extras for all the pretty horses and then this movie waking up in reno one of those producers over there says hey Who's that guy that Charlize is talking to? And I hear it. And Kenny says, that's Farron Lucero. He did all the pretty horses with us. Great guy. And Chelsea, instead of me walking up and shaking this guy's hand and saying, hi, I'm Farron Lucero. I really love this stuff. Could you help me with it? I acted like I didn't hear anything. And I pretty much handed Charlize there in a jacket and said, see you later. You know, stay warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my i did that and then i got on like uh two other movies and then i just kind of got into the announcing just by default by not showing up to that um uh college rodeo meeting and yeah I tell me about high that plains. story tell, yeah. tell me about so i got a, a college scholarship david browder gives me a scholarship to rodeo for eastern new mexico university and um so I go on to Portales, and, of course, I got there in 99, then 2000 came. Uh, the spring of 2000, I decided I'm going to sell everything. I just want to be a college student. Um, I had some things going on, and uh, I thought, oh, this would just be the best way to go. This would be better for me. I can focus on my studies, whatever. Well, I don't go to this one rodeo meeting. And I've got these buddies that uh, were seniors and they're about to graduate. Tanner Trujillo, he's from um, Las Lunas, works for Los Alamos Labs now. It's so funny to think we're in college. But he used to announce the rodeo. And I lived with Craig Chavez and Felipe Aragon. And Felipe was rookie of the year for PRCA in the bull riding. Uh, I can't remember which years, but hung out with all these roughies. Well, Tanner says, look, I'm graduating this year. I don't want to announce anymore. How about? The one guy that doesn't show up to the meeting announces, we, we nominate Farron. <laughs> so 
David Browder calls and says, hey, Farron, you need to announce this rodeo. You know, you still have an obligation. I know you're selling all your stuff, but hey, man, you still owe me. And I said, all right, fair enough. And Chelsea, I did not want to do it. I don't know. You know, you hear your voice on on a recording and you sit there and you think, how in the world do I have any friends? I know very well. You yeah. know, you just <laughs> we're just so critical of ourselves. And uh, so anyway, this High Plains Junior Rodeo was a big deal and it was going on forever. And about hour 32, I decided, you know what? You know what, Fair? Be respectful to these parents. Nobody really wants to be out here this late anyway. Just have fun with them. Well, when I was growing up roping and everything, uh, we went to a lot of USTRC events, and Archie Kinney was the announcer. And so I just thought, well, I'll just start having fun with it, mimic Archie. Come Monday, I don't have to do anything. And um, so the event goes on. It's over. I'm glad to be done with it. I didn't want to do it anyway. All my obligations are met. Well, then Guy Walt Vi, he was the president of the High Plains Junior Rodeo. He's Sterling Vi's dad. Sterling, obviously, was a little kid at the time. He calls me. I'd never met the man. And he says, hey, Farron, will you come and announce uh, the High Plains Junior Rodeo in Milshu for me? And I said, well, what does it cost? Or what are you going to pay me? And he says, well, I'll pay you this much. Well, it paid a lot more than my work-study job. I worked for PBS uh, in the broadcast uh, portion of it and uh, behind the scenes um, producing a show. And um, he said, I'll pay you this much. And I was like, well, shoot, I can make more in three days than I do in a whole month. So Craig Chab is one of my buddies. His dad was an announcer, and he let me borrow his speakers and showed me how to show, uh, set it up. And I went and did the gig. And the whole announcing was just a means to an end. I never promoted myself, never did anything. It was always, well, what does it pay? Well, then Glennis Aramusby, who was over putting together High Plains Junior Finals, calls me, and she says, Farron, I'll pay you $1,000 for the week. And then Chelsea, I thought I'd, I'd hit big right there. I was like, oh, yeah. man, that's, that's amazing. I'll make a grand in a week. And it was so funny. The speakers that they got me were not – uh, sufficient enough for <laughs> what was going on and then they had to bring more in and they were getting them fixed but the problem was that I was announcing and one of the moms hollers from across the arena and she's louder than me we <laughs> can't hear you and <laughs> I mean I took it so personal I <laughs> announced I said all right everybody hold up I said it's obvious the sound isn't working and about this time it starts working very well Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said, it's not working. I said, all you mamas out there, if you missed your baby's times, they will be posted up here tomorrow at the announcer stand. In the meantime, please enjoy the show. So I go to the restaurant that night, and this little girl comes up to me. I'm eating with one of my buddies, uh, Monty and Brandy Aiken, and uh, this little girl, she's probably 10 years old, and she says, are you the announcer? And I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She says, you're not very good, are you? <laughs> and I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. But you be sure to tell your mom I said hi. Because <laughs> I knew her parents had been talking about that. Sorry, announcer, you know. And I was like, whatever. I made a grand. Well, <laughs> that next year, I had a, uh, that next school year, I went and worked uh, road construction that summer. Didn't even think about it. I come back to school 
And uh, I have a, pr- a professor, Dr. Christopher Stashif, and uh, he was one of the communication professors, and he'd always call me Ferran. And he says, Ferran, you know that uh, there's an opening for uh, a sports, uh, the floor announcer for the basketball and volleyball games. I think you need to go try it out because he had heard I was doing announcing rodeos mm-hmm. again. Well, what does it pay? So they told me and um, I get there and uh, they let me audition during uh, the winter break during Christmas break because there's nobody there. Chelsea, I was so nervous. I couldn't even open my hands. They just clenched into a fist. <laughs> I had to press a button to speak into the microphone and, I was so nervous. Like, I mean, talk about, it was almost an anxiety attack is how nervous I was. But the more comfortable I got with it, the more more fun I had, the better it was. But I was always real nervous. And then Archie Kinney, <laughs> Archie Kinney's always been a real close friend of mine, a close friend of the families. He's been a mentor of mine for the announcing. He let me keep my horses at his place in Portales while I had the horses and uh, always gave me a job. Even if he didn't have anything for, for me to do, he'd find something. So I'd, I'd have money. Archie's always taking care of me. And I'll be forever thankful for that. He needed help in San Angelo at the U.S. Rope. And so he brings me. Well, I get to announcing over there. And I hear uh, uh, there's a, a guy doing videos. And I walk by his booth. And I hear me announcing. And I was like, goodness gracious, this will be the last time I come back. <laughs> You know, it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for the longest time, Chelsea, I could not get used to my voice. I was so nervous. Uh, David Browder, he hired me to announce the, the college rodeo. He gave me a chance. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for that guy, too. He didn't have to, but uh, I was cheap, and I think he liked me. And, and uh, anyway, there was a TV production company. Um, they were doing Cowboy 101. And Red Steagle was the host of it, and it was the Outdoor Life Network when they were still a network that was shooting all the footage. Well, they come to Portales, and of course I was announcing, and I got to know one of the producers pretty well. And as the year transpired, they were just following all the Southwest Region rodeos. Mm-hmm. And the year transpired, they didn't have enough footage. So this producer calls me and says, hey, Farron, can we commission you to announce this match rodeo in Alpine uh, against Alpine, Saul Ross, and uh, Las Cruces. I was like, what does it pay? I'll be, I'll be right there. Well, the, the series aired that next fall, and uh, it was my turn to wash dishes there in our trailer house, and nobody else was there, and I had it turned on, and all of a sudden, I, I'm in the other room washing dishes, and I hear this announcer come on. And the texture of this announcer's voice was amazing. The cadence, the timing, and what he was saying was just, I thought, man, that's, who's this guy? This guy's big time. What college rodeo is this? This guy would be hard to, to compete against. I mean, this guy's he's got it. And I walked in, and it was uh, the Portalis Rodeo, and I was announcing. Now, <laughs> keep in mind, this is three years after I'd started announcing. And I, I took classes in college on speech and enunciation and just how to broadcast your voice. You never really, I don't change my voice. I just breathe differently. And, and I sat there, Chelsea, just in awe because I couldn't believe it. Cause like I, you, you made never, it, you figured it out. Well, yes, it, it hit, but you never give yourself any credit. And even to this day, 
I, I'm 39 years old. I started when I was 22, 23, and I'm 39 years old, and I still have people come up to me and say, thank you, or hey, you're one of the, you, you know, you sound so good. You're, you're one of our favorites to listen to. And um, and I've had some great people to learn off of. I mimicked Arky for the longest time, and then I found my own voice. And then I've had uh, Reed Flake out of uh, Snowflake, Arizona. That guy's been a staple in this sport with his rodeo video and all his announcing. And I got to announce amongst these guys and Ben Clements. And it was, to me, you know, it was just an honor because I, I these guys are are up there and I hold them in high regard and they've been good and they've taught me a lot of stuff and it was kind of them to share with me what they've learned. I want to take a break from this interview to let you know that I'd highly recommend you check out the premium Safe Choice products from our friends at Neutrino Feeds. After all, Safe Choice Horse Feeds pioneered the control starch market to begin with. They're the right choice to keep the horses you love happy and healthy. And their special nutrition technology, Top Line Balance, builds and strengthens their top line. We all know how important a strong top line is for a head and a heel horse that has a lot of hard work to do. So go ahead and visit NutrinoWorld.com and find a dealer near you. Now, are you comfortable just in team roping announcing? Or, I know you said you announced college rodeos and you announced junior rodeos. I mean, is our major rodeos, like, on your bucket list by any chance? You know what? There's only one, and it's the Houston Rodeo. I yeah. When, when, yeah, and there's – I don't know, Chelsea, why I've never really tried to push myself. Like I've done ranch rodeos. Um, uh, I've got Bob Tallman's input on stuff on, on you know, what to do because hit, hit the showmanship and the presentation at the, the rodeos is a way – different deal you're not just calling names you're telling stories and you're engaging people differently and the contestants and um and everything else i just i i don't know why i've not ever just tried to go for it that way um Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of restraints on time i'm i'm kind of one of those guys it's like well it's nice to have a, a career and that guaranteed check you get out into this entertainment world and nothing's guaranteed there's you know, there's a lots of dark nights when you're on the road by yourself. I've I've talked to Bob Tallman about it. I've talked to Benji Bendele about it, uh, and what processes a guy has to take. And it's um, for me uh, just a little little too risky, little yeah. too risky. I, I'm I'm pretty conservative. I I uh, but but the Houston Pro Rodeo is one that I've always closed my eyes and would always just want wanted to announce. I got to announce there at uh, the American. We had uh, the American Cowboy 10, and I got to do the slack there at AT&T Stadium. And I always wanted to hear my voice. The thing is, is I get there, but it's always just, oh, one more step, and then you got the big show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always just one more step, just one person removed from really just cracking it. And uh, But I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like you're... You, I know I could do it, but I don't know if I want to do it. And yeah. in a deal like this, you got to go all in or not. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. You you throw yourself in there. And well, uh, and the guys that are doing it now, I mean, they're they're brilliant. They're amazing. Yeah, and I feel like the team roping community right now, the team roping world that we work in, is such a good place to be in. It's kind of scary mm-hmm. to think of getting into the other realms because – 
uh, Denny and Connie and and everybody who works in the sport of team roping has done such a beautiful job of setting up such a strong industry around I us. Know it. We're so lucky. Like, what if we were good at bareback horses or something? I would be so scared. <laughs> if we were good at like <laughs> yeah. talking like, we about need some bareback, more bareback cowboys out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, please, really, come on. <laughs> I'm really, really glad that we are good or kind of good or at least talk yeah. about. And somebody gave us jobs in the sport of team roping because exactly. We are, it's such a crazy industry right now. Well, and there's, yeah, and you know, everything's, everything's in flux, but what's happening and which, which is exciting to me is you see all these other associations are kind of popping up and trying to leverage the money differently and leverage your time differently and, and the, 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 the purses and the way they're paid out uh, differently, you know, there, there's going to be a big shift. And I think team roping is kind of, is is a pretty good model and like this american cowboy 10 and american cowboy 12 where they're pulling money chelsea Mm -hmm. if everybody could just understand this concept and jump into it you'd be roping for five hundred thousand dollar checks within a year yeah i mean somebody could uh, in reality rope for a million dollars for first Mm -hmm. in this pulling money um but they got to understand the concept too you got to have and uh, you know and um, get things set up to where maybe the, it's not such a delayed gratification. There's some bigger checks throughout the year and then bam, you get the big one. Mm-hmm. But if people start playing it this way and the technology that's available out there, there is no reason to sport a team roping in a, um, in a, in a pastime where it doesn't matter if you're a businessman or you, you shoe horses or you're the true, true grit cowboy, or you're the one that just loves the Western way of life and loves a horse and wants to rope. There's a spot for you and you have an opportunity to win money. And, um, I, I really think that we, we could see an increase in that participation too, especially if, if you rope, I mean, you, you see a lot of calf ropers start, wanting to as they get they get a little older and get some age on them they pick up a team roping rope you see these roughies like the carrillos like gilbert carrillo he makes a lot of money team roping yeah heck and yeah. he wins a bunch you know mm-hmm. um and they're they're getting to still be competitive so that fills that need um they have an opportunity to rope with their family and their friends they have opportunity to be you know it's just ordinary people doing something extraordinary and yeah. like you get to the U.S. finals in Oklahoma, you know, that's that's a title that you want to win. Hey, I won those in 2019 or you get to the finale and heck, I I won that rope and I, I won one hundred fifty thousand my part. Have uh, you ever missed one of those events? Have you ever missed in since, you know, in the last 20 years? Have you been to every U.S. finals? Have you been to every finale? No, I'm going to tell you, coincidentally, when I first got hired on with USTRC, I was hired there for about two years before I went and was able to announce the U.S. finals. And last year, Chelsea was the first time I'd ever been to the finale. And Hmm. (laughs) it was absolutely amazing to me, all the moving parts there at the South Point Hotel Casino and how smoothed it looked everything seemed to just be going i mean obviously you get there and you know you got people there helping you out uh i think the customer experience was awesome i just i seen it at a different level uh when i got to the finale last year yeah it's pretty pretty impressive very Um, impressive (laughs) what do you think people can look forward to out of the finale and the the u.s finals 
Well, the USTRC finals coming up here at the end of October in Oklahoma City is going to be the 30th year. You know, USTRC, uh, it's it's directed to those clients, uh, you know, young and old. The kids get in on it. You've got all this all this opportunity to win some great prizes, money. Uh, it's the one week of the whole year. Uh, you know, a lot of people look forward to that uh, they can go with their families and go rope and be a part of uh, team roping and uh, and win. And then you go on to December, which is just a few days, a few weeks later, and you get to the Air World Series and you're roping for some crazy amount of money. Um, you have uh, opportunity to go. Uh, see a bunch of shows, just be a part of it, uh, engage with the uh, industry leaders, be there with friends and family and make lots and lots of memories. Because right now the staff is um, getting everything set for the U.S. finals and then the finale. Uh, I'm here in Albuquerque this week. I, I bounced back and forth from Albuquerque, New Mexico to Stephenville, Texas and um, in New Mexico this week. And they're trying to get everything lined out for the U.S. finals and the finale just to make everybody's experience uh comfortable memorable and easy so that once they show up they just find their team numbers or they'll have them before they get there and they're good to go and the party's on absolutely do you have a, a favorite moment in the arena that you've announced you know one of one of the best short rounds i ever saw was uh two years ago i was helping um uh, Darren Peterson and Corky Ullman and Cammy there with the BFI. And it was one of the most awesome short rounds I'd ever witnessed and, and announced. It was the year that Chris Francis and Cade Pasek won it. They and Bob Feist, we were on one of these networks talking about it back and forth and got to watch it live and see my buddies there. And um, But that, that one's pretty memorable. But what's really cool, Chelsea, is I have lots of people that say, hey, Farron, do you remember in – uh, 2012, when I was fourth high callback, we drew this red steer, and uh, you said this. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and this song was playing. I was like, oh, yeah. You know, I don't, but for them to hold on to something, Chelsea, I mean, that's something special. That means a lot to me. Yeah, you're I, like the voice of people's greatest memories. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I. <laughs> it, it, it is so cool to be a part of that experience. I love people and I love to see people succeed. I love to see people overcome. And a lot of times, you know, you see um, there was a, there was this older lady in uh, San Antonio and she roped, she was roping in the eight and she roped three steers in a row. And when she roped that third one in the short round, she got to experience the music and all the excitement that comes to, to finishing something. And she's like one tenth. And this lady was so happy. <laughs> to to see moments like that, to see uh, Dick Yates backed in the box at the Ariat World Series finale, him roping and his grandson Trey over there, and Trey's crying like a baby. And he's about to run one at uh, uh, down the road there at the Thomas and Mac. You know, it's absolutely cool to see stories like that, and and to know those people. I remember Trey Yates when he was he was just a kid. He's probably 13, 14 years old, and he won a shootout at the U.S. Finals, and uh, he was just. I mean, I, th just to see his eyes light up. He's like, Mr. Lucero, Mr. Lucero, did you see me win that roping? I said, yeah, Trey. I said, that was awesome, man. You're awesome. Am I one of them? I said, you, yes, sir. You're going to be one of them, Trey. And now there he's a man, you know. It's it's just cool to see some of those kids grow up, too, and then see where they've gone. And then uh, just to, all the people that I've met, Chelsea, it's just it's been a pretty cool journey.
Now, do you ever get a hankering to rope? You know what? I uh, I went to Speed Williams house one day. I saw so that. I googled he, you. Remember? Did you? That's <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hey, it looked good. I told him to. I said, "Hey, you just put all the catches on there." And uh, Speed's my bud. And uh, anyway, he lets me ride a really nice horse and. I get on there and I look like a genius. I feel like a genius. I'm like, oh, this is easy. I didn't miss nothing. Look at this. Uh, but you know what? And here lately, I have, I just, it, it does. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of dedication. And you know, I travel so much, Chelsea. It's just, uh, it, it's just hard. So I will rope. Like I'll, I'll try to rope with my dad when I go back to Clayton, New Mexico. If Speed Williams calls, you bet. I'm, I'm going to go hang out with Speed and uh, and go go do it. But for me, what I do and what I what I bring to the table, where my my niche is in this deal, I, I'm so comfortable in that that I'm that's 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 enough of the experience for me. That I mean, it's satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I obviously love it. It's 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 an amazing amazing sport and what i really love are the people i they're just my kind of people awesome baron well thank you so much my friend i appreciate it well chelsea thank you and hey thank you for all that you do hey no bringing worries. us all the stories we appreciate you hey we love it thank you <laughs> <laughs> awesome. all right talk to you soon baron all right thanks chelsea thanks. bye-bye, bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this interview with the one and only Farron Lucero. We will see you all at the U.S. Finals here in a couple weeks, and stay tuned for the short score next week. It's going to be a special episode, and I hope you'll listen. Thanks. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I want to thank Safe Choice and Neutrina Feeds for bringing you this interview. 